Hey everyone, welcome to Locked on Lakers for Friday. Brian Kamenetsky and Andy Kamenetsky. LeBron James, they think, maybe, questionable, we think, hopefully, is going to play Friday night in Boston. How much wiggle room do the Lakers and Frank Vogel have once LeBron's back in the lineup? We'll talk about that next. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank everybody for making Locked On Lakers your first listen of every day. Monday through Friday, we get it up bright and early for you, no matter where you are, uh, what coast, what job you're doing, whatever. We, we got this thing for you, ready to go. Uh, Monday through Friday. We really appreciate everybody who's listening. want to let you know as well that uh, this episode of Locked on Lakers is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. So a big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. If you're looking, by the way, for us, another Locked on podcast, Lakers Celtics Friday night, go check out Locked on Celtics. They do good work over there, despite the fact that they're Celtics fans, Andy. Boo! <laughs> Sasha Vujicic once yelled at me for wearing green in the Lakers locker room. <laughs> at which point you reminded him, you're Sasha Vujicic. Yeah, shut up, man. It's like, <laughs> I don't, I'm not on your team. Like, I'm not playing. And, like, I'm a guy. I'm a, like, I have got, like, three colors at my disposal. Like, the average man has three colors that he can sort of pull off without help. It's like green, blue, and I don't know. The rest Man. are like earth tones. <laughs> I mean, that's it. It's like you can't take green away from me, Sasha. Um, LeBron, Andy. Uh, earlier in the week, Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN seemed to indicate that he would play Friday against the Celtics in Boston. He is officially listed as questionable. LeBron is. Uh, Woj is presumably fine. Um, are you expecting that he'll play? I am. I think he's going to be back on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> I wish this wasn't such a hard question. Like people watching on YouTube can see how pained your face is trying to answer this question. I mean, I want to say that the answer is yes. The truth is it's it's been hard to feel confident with anything injury-wise lately with this team. Um, obviously, you know, this stuff is coming not just from the Lakers side. This is coming from Team LeBron. And I think they generally are pretty both careful and confident when it comes to the stuff that they end up allowing to leak. But, you know, at the same time, you never know for sure. So right. we'll see. If I, Were I to put money on it, I'm guessing he is going to play. But I, I, I can't say I feel confident about it just because there's been no reason 16 games into this season to feel confident about anything when it comes to health. Yeah, and it's, it's funny. Like, look – the, the Lakers need to win some games. We're going to talk about this, you know, in a, in a second here. The Lakers need to win games, um, and they need LeBron back on the floor because we discussed. I think on it was Thursday's show, Wednesday. I forget. Um, like they're like they're running out of time to build the kind of continuity that they need. You know, they need 45, 50 games of the big three playing together, surrounded by something that approximates. They're already a quarter of the way into the season. You know, or pretty damn close to it. By the time this road trip is over, it will be a quarter of the season is up. Um, but that said, if there's a risk that him playing Friday, he's back in the lineup for two or three games and then has to miss another six, then he needs to sit one more game. And that I think is the, that's the hard part to adjust to 
with this sort of new era of LeBron is this idea of once he's back, you're not really sure that whatever it is that got him out of the lineup is going to be okay or that something else won't pop up. And, you know, two, three, four years ago, that was just pre-groin injury really with the Lakers. This was just not a consideration. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if LeBron is truly more injury prone now or whether his body is quote unquote breaking down now or whatever. I mean, the guy still performs at an exceptionally high level just from a physical standpoint when he's on the court. He remains one of the most just physically imposing players in the league. Mm -hmm. So I'm not ready to speculate yet that like his body is in, you know, a tangible decline. But what I will say though, with confidence is he does not recover from stuff quickly anymore. Like that is the type of thing that you cannot count on with LeBron or take for granted, you know, in the, in the same way that even pre Achilles tear, you started seeing Kobe not be able to play through anything anymore. And, you know, he had started to reach a place where he was still playing through stuff and he still was able to, you know, deal with that really high threshold for pain. And he was, exceptionally good at taking care of his body and you know the people he had around him were terrific but at some point your body stops cooperating the way right. that it used to and, and he's i he's, think lebron is at that non-cooperation he's place. in that normal place like normal people take two weeks to come back or three weeks or whatever no, no, no. From he, what, lebron is not in the normal phase because normal nba i mean athletes, normal nba guys like, no 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 you're so? wrong normal nba players aren't doing this at 37 to therefore be recovering from. No, that's true. They're not. Le LeBron passed normal like six years ago. You understand what I mean? I just mean his recovery time has now made him like a regular human being. Okay, like, in that sense, sure. In that I, sense, he's normal. So, I just wouldn't lose sight of just, we're still in a place with him that is pretty damn unprecedented. Well, and, and that makes it amazing. hard to figure out exactly what's happening, by the way, too, and yeah. where it goes from here is because we are talking about somebody with the kind of mileage that he's got. Um, we, one of the, the the Lakers, you know, let's presume he plays. If he doesn't play on Friday, he plays on Sunday uh, against the Pistons in Detroit. The Lakers are in a place where they need some wins. Like they, I, I was doing Spectrum Sportsnet on on Thursday night at the Lakers TV station, and it came up like this has been a joyless season. Sixteen games in for the Lakers, first major road trip. There have been a couple moments that stick out where you look at it and go, like, these guys are enjoying themselves, they're having fun, It's it's it looks good, it feels good. But for the most part, from the jump, this has been a joyless first, you know, almost quarter of the season. I, I, I don't think it's because they don't get along. It's because they're not winning games. And the best way to get some joy back in this season is win a few games. And they they need to pick up some victories on this road trip. They do. Yeah, it's it's important to capitalize because the, it's a it's not an easy road trip. Ro, you know, road trips are generally speaking never easy in the NBA, particularly when they're of decent length like this one. But at the same time, Boston has been scuffling. The Knicks have been scuffling. The Pacers have flat out not been good, and Detroit's even worse than that. So th there are winnable games there, even taking into account all the shit the Lakers have been going through. Even taking into account. We don't know for sure whether or not LeBron's going to be there. And we saw evidence of this, Brian, just the way they played against the Bucs. Like, if the Lakers maintain the level of execution and concentration 
and attention to the details in the next four games on the road that they did against the Bucks in Milwaukee, they're going to win some games. I think like, so. Again, whether LeBron is back or not for how many of those games, if they do that, again, because Milwaukee is the best of those teams that they're going to face on this road trip, they're going to win some games. They yeah, will. and you know what it felt? You know, I was thinking about it as you're kind of thinking more about it. You get, you know, 50, 24 hours away from a game, you know, as opposed to recording right afterward. How normal of a loss that felt like, you know, you yeah. look at it and go, OK, you know, Russ played a good game. And, you know, the Lakers missed their last 16 three pointers, 16 straight three pointers. And that's one of those things. It's like in a playoff game where you look at it and go, yeah, but, you know, the next game, this isn't going to happen. And you start making that checklist of stuff. Um, like that felt like a game where a couple things go differently. The Lakers absolutely could have won. And, and I agree with you. If they play like that, they'll have some success. My question is, I, I had a really, when they fell down by 12 though, in that game, I had some dark thoughts about the potential future of Frank Vogel. Um, and I, I want to ask you because I'm, I, I, once they came back and made a game of it, I wasn't sure if they'd apply, but maybe they still do. We'll talk about that next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Prize Picks. Hey, NBA fanatics, have you heard about Prize Picks? Daily Fantasy Made Easy, the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. More NBA props than any other DFS prop operator. Offers all the superstar players as well as bench players, only recording a handful of minutes each game. Everyone that deposits. Like Kent Bazemore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you if you want to do a prop bet on Kent Bazemore, uh, I, I would say at this point, you need to reassess your life. But hey, Prize picks will make it possible for you. Everyone that deposits and uses a promo code NBA will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections. You can win up to 10 times on any entry and just you versus the projected numbers. Prize picks also allows mixed sport entries. You could go say, take the over on Kent Bazemore, which seems like a bad bet. With an under of Patrick Mahomes. So mix it up, whatever. Have some fun. Go nuts. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Prize Picks, it's safe. They offer fast withdrawals. So don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com. Use the promo code NBA. Go to the App Store today. Prize Picks, daily fantasy made easy. So, um, you know, we've, we've talked, you know, about, if nothing else, the chatter that is starting to get out there, um, some of the impatience with Frank Vogel. Um, whether it's the offense, the rotation, lineup choices, any of that, and just the disappointment of the, of the start of the season, whether or not his job is is at least in question in some way. Um, and so they fall behind the Lakers a couple times by 12 in that game on, on Wednesday. And I 100% admit thinking, like, if they let this game get away like they did against Minnesota, for example, just and just crap the bed uh, and look bad doing it, I'm not saying Vogel gets fired after after Wednesday, a loss on Wednesday, but if LeBron comes back on on Friday, I feel like the clock kind of actually might really start running on Vogel to where like if they look bad for five or six or seven or eight games with LeBron back in the lineup and they're still struggling to win and still looking bad in the offense, I would start to wonder maybe if they they would pull the trigger on something even as early as, you know, before the all-star break or something like that. Then they came back and made a game of it. And I kind of stopped thinking about it. My question to you though, is 
does Wednesday's game matter in kind of thinking about it if when LeBron comes back, they don't really appreciably improve over the next, you know, two weeks? I would I mean, I would imagine no, because if if they were that close to thinking about it, it means they were that close to thinking about it. You know what I mean? Like if, if like, I is, or at least, you know, I I was. I don't know if they no, again, no, 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 but you reported it. I'm it's my speculation. No, no, I, as I know who always resists the yeah, they're going to fire the coach kind of talk. Like that got me thinking. It really. No, did. I understand that, but this this is something we talked about on a recent podcast before the Milwaukee game, anyway. And there are a lot, but my my point was just if it's something that they are thinking about doing, it means in a lot of ways they will look for the reason to do it, mm-hmm. and that doesn't mean necessarily that they are absolutely on the lookout for the window of opportunity to, to, I guess, fire Frank Vogel with some degree of cover. I mean, ultimately, I I mean, look, ultimately, I feel like if an organization loses confidence that much in their coach, you should pull off the Band-Aid and do the thing you think needs doing so you can hopefully get yourself on the right course. We've talked about this many times before, Brian. When the Lakers fired Mike Brown five games into that season with uh, the super team that never was, the mistake they made was not you know, being impatient with Mike Brown and firing him five games in. What they should have done was fire him in the offseason leading into that season. Because if you fire a coach five games in, that means by definition, you didn't feel so good about him heading into that season. That is correct. So if, if that's where the writing on the wall seems to be heading, you are better off getting ahead of it early so you can reset with as much time as possible as opposed to having to do it deeper into a season. So I, I guess I would feel like if if they're already having second thoughts about Frank Vogel and if you want to read into things, you look into the fact that his extension that a lot of people were watching for and wondering, what the hell's going on with this? This guy won a title a year ago. They gave him a one-year extension. Not very extendy, that extension. No. No, that 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 is it was a step ladder, not a a a like a big utility thing that you see people at the back of their truck or something. Right, which speaks to it does not give indication of full true confidence or commitment in Frank Vogel, but it also speaks to and I've said this a lot. I don't think they really know what they want in a coach or they have a definitive vision of who they want and I don't think they've had it since Phil Jackson. Yeah, and I also think too, like you know, Rob Palenka prizes flexibility. I I think as a as a as a thing, you know, both with the roster and it makes a lot of no, sense, it, but also I think with the coaches, you know, one Rob, of the comments, if Rob Palenka was ever going to go into rehab, it would have been for cap flexibility. Yeah, like, like <laughs> the, that's what he would have ended up in Hazelden for. Or, and um, or you know, promises. so you see it, you see, you see it with um, you know what they've done to preserve, you know, to line up their superstar. Well, until the, you know what, until this year, <laughs> this might've been the year where no, but, they, but the Westbrook, took. Westbrook Davis and LeBron still line up. Like they've spent a lot of money, but in terms of when they come off and those contracts, like those things are still in alignment. Um, okay. And so, no, I'm just saying in terms of when those, sure. when they I'm were just saying this is the year. Sure. I, I just, all I mean, I don't want to get bogged down in. I'm just saying is this year, uh, was the year where it felt like Rob Palenka really decided, you know what, I don't, I don't have to get too cute about it. I'm just going to ram this massive contract into well, my spend, books. That's all spend I need. Other people's money, sure. I, but the, he also does it with coaches. Um, I, I, and 
this is one of those places where you start to to you know you do question how well do they handle the human parts of this how well how much do they value the coach um on a team that is going to be guided by superstars in one form or another um this is i mean this is not a question that is independent to rob Palenka. there are a lot of people around the league in a lot of sports baseball i think is de-emphasized the manager in tremendous ways for good or for bad but like and basketball is getting to that point to some degree i think where there's at least less emphasis on it for teams especially like the lakers I, it's very obvious they they don't value him tremendously or they would have locked him up for 5 years if they thought he could coach any team i thought it was somebody left a comment on the on the lockdown lakers youtube page about Ty Lu that you know they made him an uh, you know an offer that that showed that they they only thought he would be the coach for lebron and Tyloo recognized that and was yeah. like, no, I like I I, I want to be able to have security that goes beyond LeBron James. They did the same thing to Vogel. Um, and it's it's an interesting spot and it's an interesting philosophical discussion about the value of coaches in a superstar, uber superstar dominated driven team. Yeah, I mean, it, it's felt like you know, at the same time, because this is a superstar-driven league, it has felt like Le- LeBron and Anthony Davis respect Frank Vogel. And certainly early on, if nothing else, you would hear LeBron talk a lot about being impressed with Vogel's preparation and the way he cares about details, because LeBron is a very detail process-oriented guy. At the same time, though, I've long gotten the impression that LeBron feels like, you know what? I'd love to have a good coach at the end of the day, unless, you know, the coach in question is named David or Blatt. I can probably figure this thing out no matter who's in charge. LeBron James wants a coach. I mean, obviously, yes, LeBron James wants the best possible coach. He's in enormous respect for basketball minds. I don't I don't want to make him like some sort of coach killing diva here. That's not my point. He needs a good enough coach. He needs a coach that is not going to be a problem, who is not going to make situations worse who's not going to make a locker room worse and all that kind of stuff everything above that is great and Vogel and the thing about Vogel that I think is interesting like compared to like Luke Walton who is on the hottest of seats in Sacramento right now Vogel is a very good coach I've that is sort of where I'm there are only about two or three guys in the league though that sort of nobody complains about that are kind of made like Eric Spolstra like, is that guy like there, but there aren't that many. Mike Budenholzer just came off a title, was going to get fired if the Bucks yeah. didn't win. Yeah. And now he's a title winning coach. Like it's, you know, people complain about Frank Vogel's rotations and I get it. Um, I'm more sympathetic this year than I think some, but whatever. Find me an NBA fr- uh, fan base that doesn't complain about their their coaches' we, rotation. We, we covered Phil Jackson with the Lakers as he was winning championships with the Lakers, and fans complained constantly about him. Mm-hmm. I also think, though, that it is worth noting that you know, with Vogel and this team, and you know, however much confidence he has, or however much confidence the front office has in him, and you know what these next games with LeBron mean, you know, th- there have been times we talked about it where I I haven't 
thought he's made the best decisions with some of his rotations or, you know, like the, the way he will, unless seemingly, you know, forced to come to Jesus will always defer towards a larger lineup. Right. And by though, the way, he seems to have found Jesus this year. Yes. Well, you know, so they often say that people find religion in the worst times and that this is one of them, but like, We've Jesus talked about in the form of DeAndre or Jordan sitting. We, yeah, <laughs> we, we've talked before, Brian, about how this is not a Frank Vogel constructed roster. Like this is not the roster you would construct to get the most out of what Frank Vogel does well. Like if anything, it is the opposite of his strengths, which to be clear, those weaknesses needed some shoring up offensively. Mm-hmm. And then you put theoretically the trust in him that he can get the best out of them defensively because that's his strength that's his bread and butter and ultimately if it turns out that Vogel either because he's not good either because he's not good at enough at defensively or no coach would be good at it enough defensively with this roster can't get the most defensively out of it but also because he's not Strength, his strengths are not offensive. Right, he's not a creative offensive. Right, player. the big the big knock against him if is he's not a creative offensive. Right, coach. if he can't utilize the new strengths of this offense well enough and can't get the most out of them defensively, or you know, raise them above what they are on paper, then through not necessarily any fault of his own, he does end up the wrong guy for this roster. Even if you want to blame Rob Palinka or you know shadow GM LeBron James and you know assistant shadow GM Anthony Davis for, right for the roster being what it is if, it's if still Vogel doesn't right, match it, is, it anymore it is. but just to finish it up like you know to your point that you were making before part of the you know I agree with you if you think you have a roster that the coach is a mismatch for you know go somebody else will hire Vogel and you know, he won't be out of a job that long um if your roster is constantly turning over, if your roster is constantly changing, if the, the and the challenge that he had in two years ago is very different than the one he had last year, and it's wildly different than the one he's got this year, it's hard to find a coach that yeah. can coach. There are only three or four or five of those guys maybe in the league who can adapt to literally anything you put in front of them or can assemble a staff that can do it. So. Well, uh, Andy, this is what if it makes call... you feel better, Brian. I am very confident that as the roster keeps turning over under this regime, so will the coaches. Yeah. So you know, at some <laughs> point, at some point, maybe they will just fall ass backward into a good yeah. match. This is, uh, as they say on the local news, a developing story. Um, one of the things that could help the Lakers score a little bit more uh, is a little more offense. Uh, they are in the bottom third in offensive efficiency in the league. Getting LeBron back will help. Getting more free throws at least according to Frank Vogel, will help as well. We'll talk about that next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Built Bar. I love Thanksgiving, just all the food that you get to eat and all the encouragement to eat all of said food that you want. But you got to make sure that you are offsetting that decadence with some common sense that does not end up steeped in calories and sugar. And that's where Built Bars enter the equation, the new holiday dessert. Feast on something that tastes awesome that you can actually feel good about. Like for example, a slice of pie. Everybody has pie at Thanksgiving. Usually 
300 calories, and that's before you add the accoutrements, the whipped cream, the ice cream, all that sort of stuff. Built Bars, though, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar. They are low-calorie. They're low-carb. They're low-fat. They're high-protein, covered in 100% chocolate. They're a great option when you're feeling hungry but not in complete YOLO mode during the holiday season. So share them with your family as everybody gets around the table. You're giving thanks. One of the things you can give thanks for are those Built Bars, and there's nothing like a Built Bar Black Friday. Mark your calendar. Black Friday is going to be a huge event. All sorts of surprises. I have no idea what these surprises are. I'm actually quite intrigued. Go to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. You get 15% off your first order. Again, promo code LOCKED15. 15% off at Built.com. Oh, you know, I we were going to talk about the the Anthony Davis free throw thing and, and you know, uh, Frank Vogel's disappointment. He got whacked in the head. Um, Anthony Davis did, didn't shoot a single free throw on um on wednesday and should have had at least that one because Giannis fouled the crap out of him on a dunk dunk attempt no that um, was closer to a flagrant foul than a no call by, by a pretty wide margin um but i wanted to ask you this because and you know, we'll see if we get back to this um this question of free throws which will be an ongoing discussion i was asked doing tv on on thursday about the lineup that um that i want to see like what's something that you know that you haven't had a chance yet, and that you're really looking forward to? And I, I ask this because this is a question that we've sort of asked. We asked it in the preseason. We asked it again at the beginning of the season. We've talked about it. These different combinations of things that uh, that we're interested in. And my answer for the lineup that I really want to see was this, and then I'll tell you why. It was the big three, obviously, with THT. And Austin Reeves. And at the beginning of the year, you know, we were sort of both of us had like Ariza and Baysmore or Ariza and um, uh, it would be Ariza and like Ellington perhaps in the starting lineup. That was sort of the, the, the presumption of what it might be. I actually think those two guys with the big three present the Lakers with the best lineup that they can put out there, at least based on how guys have played so far this year in terms of two-way players, which... THT has kind of shown himself to be at this point, like potentially a, like a decent two-way player. And then what Reeves did um, as a really good positional defender, a guy who will follow whatever principles you're asked to do. And then offensively, I feel like it would be a perfect fit with those four guys because he takes shots when they're asked of him, which wouldn't be very often, but otherwise would be setting screens, making the right you know, cut, doing all these other little things, passing the ball very quickly when it gets to him, to the open man. He's a perfect kind of fifth guy wheel greaser for a unit with four guys who can attack the rim in the way that those guys can. And he can hit a three-pointer, you know, competent outside shooter. It's kind of crazy to me that I think this is their best lineup. It's, it's definitely possible. I want to see how it looks with Kendrick Nunn first. And like okay. by want to see what it looks like with him, I mean I want to literally see him on the court <laughs> with the sure team. Like that he's still on the team? I have no idea. I mean, honestly, I, I've seen him sitting on the bench a few times. So like I'm assuming that he's still with this team, but like he's felt more like he's on a milk carton than he's actually on the roster. But he he was brought in to be a pretty important part of what they do moving forward. And he's one of the more dynamic guys that they have. And, you know, I, I understand that there's certain things that Austin Reeves does 
in terms of at least what we've seen from him defensively. And, you know, Kendrick Nunn has been a more of a defensive neutral right. than, than he's actually been a, a quality defender. And, you know, while I think Austin Reeves still has certain issues, I mean, he gets absolutely murdered on screens and stuff like that. He's he is, obviously he's not a man of, of heft. No, no. He, he, I, I have to imagine that is the thing that really has jumped out at him the most in the difference between college and the pros, even more than the talent discrepancy. It's the, holy shit, do these guys set screens. Yeah, but physically, yeah. But like, you know, he's he's definitely a very good positional defender. There's a lot of dis- defensive concepts that he seems to pick up on quickly. And plays well with better players. And yes. like, I think, and that's yes. part of the reason I think it's you can put him in that lineup. But it's, 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 it's not even that he's the best player. Right. Okay, yeah, but, but, it, but in terms of fit. But the potential difference, though, between him and Kendrick Nunn is that Nunn may not need those better players as much to succeed because on paper, he's a better player than Austin Reeves. I, okay, I, let me, let me, I, I agree with you. I, there are a couple of things about it that I, I so think I just want to see it. I sure, no, I, I, I understand. And I, 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 you could be right. One difference is 6'5 versus 6'2. Um, so I think they, they get a little more versatility sure. with the with the the taller player there, um, and I'm just thinking about like how it how it all fits in in terms of like I think Austin Reeves might supplement those four players more than none because one thing none would be able to do absolutely no question put the ball on the floor get to the rack all that kind of stuff be a better scorer uh, uh, you know on the floor than than Reeves would be. Um, it's just a matter of of is that what you would need with those other four? But what what really strikes me about it is, you know, THD is obviously the fourth highest player on the team. I think is is Luol Deng still the fifth? Uh, um, it's either Luol Deng or none. Or none. Luol, no, I think Luol Deng makes more money. Um, it, he's still on the payroll, isn't he? Yes, he is. Like one more yeah, year. The, yeah. The, so the, Luol Deng is the fifth highest payer. I believe this is yeah. the last year. God willing, it is both really encouraging and a little worrisome that I would put Austin Reeves undrafted free agent in that group. Um, and it yeah. is a, it is a tremendous compliment to the team and the scouting department and the, you know, the quick trigger that they had, like we need to get this guy on a real big boy contract, not the two way and all that kind of stuff. Um, but it also, it just to me, it's a it's a big red flag about the, this this crew I mean, of other people that they've signed. I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's, I'm not gonna lie. I think it's a little premature, both in terms of elevating Reeves to that point when you haven't seen him you know, on a scouting report for an entire year or playing in high leverage games, sure. but also having not seen the entire roster. I, no, but I but. but I, do you think appreciably different about Avery Bradley now than you do? I mean, I don't. I, I no. No, I mean, and I think he's fine, but I think he's going to, when LeBron comes back, he could lose his spot in the rotation, sure. Avery Bradley. Right. But he's Baysmore not one of the guys I thought about closing anyway. Right. Bazemore has been a tremendous disappointment, um, certainly since the first, you know, five or six games of the year. He could get it back. Um, but, you know, last year to some degree, especially as a shooter, was an anomaly for him. And both of us pointed out, like, I don't know if that's real. Malik Monk is all over the damn place. And you know what he's been over the course of his, you know, years in Charlotte? All over the damn place. Sure. Um, and it's just, so I, I don't know if it's premature. I think it's, I think you're right. It's premature to be like, oh, Reeves can totally do that. 
Yeah. I don't know if it's premature to question the other guys. And that's just, that's really fundamentally what I'm doing. Well, uh, he, I'm not saying the supporting cast sucks. I'm just saying they kind of have the limitations that we th- we kind of thought they might. And what we were hoping is um, that two or three of them, would, you know, you throw a bunch of them at the wall and two or three of them stick a little bit more than they have. Well, the guy who's yeah, stuck is Reeves. Well, yes, but... You know, Reeves has not been out here during a lot of this struggle period that hasn't had LeBron. I mean, again, I I, I understand. I I want to see, I want to see what it all looks like when they're all together before deciding all this. I, I, Reeves is a really awesome, fun story at this, and and I think he's a legit player. I'm not, I'm not trying to discount him as some type of like gimmick. He's a legitimate, I think, NBA rotation player, and I think he's only going to get better. I think it is also very easy to look past his some of his shortcomings just because it's really enjoyable to That's see fair. him succeed. Like he feels more like gravy as opposed to the other guys that you may have been expecting and you more know from. I mean, we talked about this in the first segment of the show. In a season without joy. To find the one piece that you you know, like, I feel that's fun. I feel good about it. Yeah. It's, you know, it's a good story. You're right. I mean, I don't think. I mean, I mean, the numbers indicate that he has been a very positive player, but it's like a seven game sample size. I mean, you know, like, again, all, all I can do, all I can right, work but, with is the number the, but the, that's, the amount that's but available. That's my point, though. Okay, like everybody I'm needs to settle down. I'm and the question on November 18th. I also don't. I also think that it's not a coincidence that Baysmore really fell off a cliff the minute LeBron wasn't there. Like he is somebody that I think is going to lose utility in that starting lineup or in a closing lineup without LeBron there. No, I so think that's fair. So we'll see. We'll see, we'll see what it looks like. Um, all right. I want to thank everybody for making Locked on Lakers your first listen of every day. Make make Locked on Bets or Locked on Celtics get ready for Friday or Locked on Fantasy your second. Uh, but definitely make us your first. Uh, don't don't change that up and uh, subscribe to Lockdown Lakers on YouTube. Um, hopefully some fun stuff to talk about on Monday. The joy of two wins, Andy, for the Lakers on this road trip. Everybody have a great weekend.